0: To the gamers in, come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host Ryan. Hello, Ryan.
1: Hello, I'm here, and I'm not playing plasmophobia at this moment or have
0: plasmophobia. Been.
1: What, did, what did I say? Plasmophobia.
0: Plasmophobia.
1: <laughs> what is it? Ooh, plasma, so spooky. <laughs> oh my gosh, I've been calling it plasmophobia this whole time. <laughs> Now I'm sure to be haunted.
0: Phasmophobia. (laughs) Like you're afraid of me and Manny talking about wow. (laughs) Phasmophobia.
1: Phasmophobia. But plasma, (laughs) like plasma is kind of like a ghost thing, is it not? Spooky?
0: Uh, Yeah. Plasma can be super spooky. But it's phasmophobia. (laughs) It's phasmophobia. Yeah. Like you're scared of phantasms.
1: (laughs) I'm, I am. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, now that we've gotten out of the way, now I know how to say it. (laughs) I feel terrible. So
0: clearly, you haven't actually gone and played it, then. But you did play something else spooky. I did. What is what is this? Because okay, I have not like spoiler alert, guys. I have not played the Amnesia games. No. Um, I've seen this because I've been playing. Like I play Dead by Daylight, or at least like log in at uh, like every day, literally every day. So Steam now has decided that because I like one horror game, I must love them all. So when stuff like this comes out, I am absolutely like, it's all over my like, you should buy this. You should play this feed. But I don't think I should play this, Ryan. (laughs) No.
1: So, yes, I played Amnesia Rebirth. This is the newest uh, entry in the Amnesia franchise. And I remember the original Amnesia being described as this game that was uh, pretty much designed in a way to to give you a new Uh, a new way to scare yourself playing video games. It was, you were, and maybe not new, new to me in the sense that you were powerless against these creatures and you, your only tools available to you were to hide strategically and the darkness would cause your character to go insane. And that would, that would, uh, uh, that was basically your health bar outside of like a monsters catching you, um, being too long in the dark, was uh would cause your 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 sanity to degrade, and this game's no different I mean when you're in the dark, you've got these little like tentacle things coming across your screen as you slowly go crazy so like
0: uh like don't starve
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, very much like don't starve and You know, so Amnesia Rebirth is uh, is disconnected from the franchise. I think every entry is sort of this new story in a similar sort of formula, where you you have uh, a character in a world that's infested with some kind of monster your tools are to hide and use the light and light is as a resource. So you're getting uh, matches or fuel for your, for your lamp. But in amnesia rebirth, you play as a character named Tassi and she and her crew crash in a desert in Sudan, I believe. And uh, you wake up in the plane after you crash and no one's around. No one, uh, no one is there from your crash, but uh, it very much looks like a lot of you made it out alive. So as you step out of the plane, you realize like oh i this isn't right after the plane crash there we were all here and we've all gone somewhere through the desert you see footprints through the desert you see like luggage has been gone through and uh, you start following this path forward and i think
0: so your team basically just left you alone in the desert passed
1: out uh it's hard nice to say team. it's hard to say <laughs> at the beginning you very much that could be a conclusion you come to but as you continue to adventure on you you quickly realize that your team has gone ahead and you were there with them so you don't really understand why you're back at the plane because you're suffering from dun 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 amnesia <gasps> yeah <laughs> wow i didn't see that one coming no no uh you are suffering from amnesia i think you you, you, well yeah you're suffering from amnesia that's all i'll say and as you're traversing through the world um and you know i don't like scary games i really don't but i wanted to play this one i hit a milestone for extra life i wanted to play a new scary game and this was kind of ripe for the picking perfect stuff um it, it is quite scary so as you're going through, I thought to myself, like, oh, I'm not going to like the mechanics, but I am quite enjoying the character stories. You're learning more about, you know, Tassie and her, and the crew that she's with and why you're on this The expedition. best horror
0: stories really make you care about the characters. Yes. That's something that I realized uh watching Bly Manor over the last couple of weeks is that, you know, like uh, as much as um, it wasn't jump out and scare you quite as often as some other horror when you really care and they take the time to tell you the story and they're not just worried about like jump and gore and blah then it's like it's it's more impactful because then when something bad happens you're like no why (laughs) yeah so i feel like yeah the best horror really invests in their characters and it's not you know the the teen slasher of the 90s type stuff
1: (laughs) no they they put a lot of work into crafting these characters and, and crafting very unique uh characters across the board now mind you when you do start you really are sort of focused on the main character and as she's discovering um what's happened to her crew and what's happened to her while she, after she crashed, you're also kind of unfold. The player is unfolding like what this character has gone through. Um, you find out she had a daughter. The daughter is no longer with her. And um, quickly you find out something terrible has happened to this family structure. Uh, and, and you go forward with that. And that, that involved, that is highly involved in the story as you go forward. But really the main purpose of the game early on is it's teaching you the mechanics of you have some sort of disorder i think you're suffering from you know panic attacks that that have been brought on um, by the trauma that happened uh, to your daughter and as you go through the darkness they that's how they kind of explain right off the bat that the darkness and and being in the dark kind of uh you know triggers your panic attacks and causes you to lose control in a specific area. that's how they explain it early on. Um, and as you're going through the darkness you get these matches and that's where the game really shines because the graphics when you have like you pull out this little dinky match <gasps> and you light it and it is so well done in in a terrible way in that when you're walking with that match the light slowly follows you so like it's very hard to see in front of you when you're when you're full on walking with the match Yeah, but if you like slow creep <laughs> the light does stick with you um, there are plenty of torches to light along the way that are strategically placed to, um, so that which is great, because when you light a match, you feel like, oh, I'm exhausting that resource. But if there's a torch I can light to provide um, consistent light in the area, permanent light, it doesn't go off when you light a torch. Um, that is kind of a rewarding way to be like, I know I used a resource, but at least I'm putting it to good use other than just having light for, I'd say that the matches last for maybe... 10 seconds match
0: oh my god Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah it all sounds terrible and that's where the game is very creepy as you're walking through these environments but i found that you were always finding enough matches like by the time i was maybe an hour or two into the game i had plenty of matches you find a lamp down the road so then you start getting oil to fill the lamp uh the lamp is is a more a consistent light source to be in front of you. So it's great for sort of traversing like the darker caverns that you come across. Um, But yeah, Jocelyn, there's, there's, there are monsters in them, these hills, right? You know, you're going to run into some things that aren't, uh, that you're not going to want to bring home (laughs) with you (laughs) on your return flight. And, and really it starts off as the, the, you're not, I'm not too interested in the world. I'm not too interested in the monsters. It really feels like the monsters are there to scare you and that's it. Like, oh, this is a haunted location. Um, but as I was streaming it, I I streamed for I meant to go for like two to three hours, but I kept kind of going because the world was starting to get interesting. The monsters and the reasons for them being there was starting to so again, like this great narrative I found, a great narrative experience as I'm going through, actually pulled me through some of the scarier moments because again, as you're traversing these areas, there are some moments where it's just you're you're creeping through and you're not in any danger, but there's still like those that like scary effect, that creepy effect where you got headphones on and things are like crawling around you and kind of jumping and popping out of corners and stuff. Um, but then there are times when you are you are like, yeah, you got to run away because this thing's coming for you. Like the game is very clear. And I know a lot of you know horror fan horror game fans would be looking at me and saying like, oh, that sounds terrible. I want to be scared. It's like, no, like. This was perfect for me because I was able to apply my logical side of my brain to be like, okay, this area is clearly like just a creepy fest. Nothing's going to come after me. But if they do come after me, it's going to be very clear that I have to run away and get to the next segment or like close the door behind me. It's not like past amnesia games where it really felt like every area was a, how am I going to traverse this without getting caught by monsters? you know Mm. um this one had very clear stages and again for me as someone who's not a fan of the horror games and i think um
0: well you need a you need a break and i think that that's like the the key distinguishing factor in a lot of horror uh, especially in video games is that there's the ones that are just like go 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 and then there's the ones that are like that recognize that you know, it's been a lot and you need a, a cool down time. And I think some of those, at least for me, that's the kind that works for me, too, because if it's just like go, 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 I react in, in one of two ways. Either I put the game down and walk away because it's just too much, which is what happened to me with layers of fear. Hmm. Um, layers of fear to me um, very much felt like. Even in my what I per, was perceiving as my downtime, they were still throwing things at me, which then, you know, were were a lot of um, often like cheap jump scares. But still, it was just like you you never got that that downtime. So then it's like I'm just like, OK, it's too much. I can't handle it. And I walk away. Or it's like with the with the other kind where. um you actually do get those pauses it's like I have the time to recover and so then because I have recovered it's like the highs are so much higher and the lows are so much lower it's like I feel so much better but then I get so scared and then I get to feel better again so like that that kind of roller coaster just like works better for me and keeps me in a game instead of just like the constant like when you do the first drop on the roller coaster, if you, if that just keeps going forever, then eventually I'm just going to be like, OK, I'm now numb to this. Right. So it's like it's either too much and I never get over it and I walk away or I get numb to it and it's not scary anymore. And I walk away like you really need the ups and downs, or at least I do. Um, mm. And those moments of respite and the the false sense of security then makes the next scare that much more. And they just can't come too close together. Like you need to recover and regroup
1: yeah i would say this that this game has a very good pacing from that perspective and the reviews and sort of the comments i've seen online have been from folks that really appreciate the earlier entries in the the franchise where there was it it was more scary it was designed to be a um ever ever creepy creepy creepifying i don't know like it's just a really terrible (laughs) roller coaster by our definition but i think this game amnesia rebirth has these these very clear-cut moments where the designers respect your sanity in that when you come out of the like your
0: actual player sanity, not your exactly. <laughs> yes resource.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when you, when you come out of, uh, out of a cavern and you are clearly back in the desert, uh, for example, early on, there's, there's a segment where you go through your first cave segment and then you're in this sort of like village square in that village square. You are free to explore and, um, with no fear of being attacked and that is respected i i could see like if it looked to be safe but then it wasn't respected as you said with with layers of fear that would be that would be a negative mark on the game from my perspective but in in this instance it really felt like they respected that and it was very clear when you were transitioning into a into an area where okay i'm in a certain range of danger um like right after that village area after you're exploring and you're finding plenty of like story bits, like pieces of of uh, notes and stuff to read. Some are from your crew members. Some are from um, French soldiers that were stationed there like 50 years ago. Uh, this game takes place in, I think, 1939. And uh, and then even further back than that, and I, I won't spoil that, but there are a lot of these notes that you pick up that d- develop the lore and give you tidbits as to what is going on in this deeper world. Um, but there is an area right after that little village section where you're walking in and like, you can clearly tell there, there are, there's creepy things afoot. And, and I, and I think there are stages where there's, you know, the safe areas, that's like the zero mark. And then you've got the sort of the creepy areas, which is where the one is. And then there are maybe two or three or four areas that are like, okay, this is, this is to the nines. Like you are, you are having, you're on your toes here. And I think that's where I could recommend this game to you. And, but just state, there are going to be moments where um, you're going to feel like curse you, Ryan, because there are certain (laughs) there are certain areas in the game where they do dial it up, but after they dial it up, they very clearly projected the player like, okay, you've dealt with that, you survived, and now we're going to give you some puzzle solving and you're going to be able to progress and, and feel good about, you know. Calm
0: down a little bit. <laughs> exactly. And,
1: and again, like I ended up finishing this game in like two or three sessions. So that I think speaks highly to the fact of the pacing of of, of, of this horror game that it was able to sustain you know, me for that long. And I and I think it really comes down to the story. They they really go deep here to explain all aspects of what's going on and provide you just enough details where there are still gaps that your mind has to fill in yourself and your mind can really uh <laughs> go in some creepy directions there. But at the end of the day, you're given these answers that like "Ah, I didn't really want that answer that's super creepy um but yeah just just the information they give you in the story they're telling here outside of what appears to be just a random plane crash it's really it's really something to to experience I really enjoyed it um and uh yeah there's there's some stuff in there that if if spoiled you would probably see like oh okay it's interesting that there's some layers there it's literally not just lady layers
0: of fear
1: yeah well no there are layers of good story here there's layers of storytelling that you get you get you know Tassi's story you get the you know uh French soldiers story you get really the environment story and what exactly is going on in this specific area and why it's going on and then you get to delve into like that whole side of it and it's It's really cool. So yeah, highly recommend
0: like it's it's reminding me just in the way that you're describing it, although this was also a game that I reached a point where I was like, Nope, can't go any forward (laughs) any further forward. But there was that, there was that game and I can't remember what it was called now, but it was one of those ones that everybody played and it wasn't Edith Finch, but it was in that same oh, vein. Oh yeah. Um, and there was the one, it was the one where you had to, there was like a really long like rail bridge over a river. Oh,
1: ban- to no, a, you just said that. To a
0: little town.
1: It's not Vanishing of Ethan Carter, is it?
0: Yes, yes, okay. yes. It was the what vanishing was the one. one. Yeah. Edith Finch Uh, Finch. yeah the what remains of Edith Finch Um, yeah so yeah the the Ethan Carter one I think I got to the point I got to like the little town and then I had to go like inside and then it was like a mine or something Mm -hmm. and I got like a few steps in and I was like you know what nope can't can't do this and I noped right out of that game
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah, no, I, I think it, Vanishing of Ethan Carter is is a good comparison. But I'd also say very similar to Man of Medan. And I'm not spoiling things. I'm not like literally saying like the stories just like that. But it's a similar structure in that you are interested in the characters, then you're like, ah, oh, it's just a bunch of monsters on a derelict ship. But then you're learning more about the ship. And you're learning more about your attackers. and And it's just it, it, yeah, I, I think if you if you liked and tolerated Man of Medan, Amnesia Rebirth would be one you could look at and and possibly um, be cool with. But again, there are jump scares. But Man of Medan had jump scares too. Man of Medan
0: had jump scares. Yeah, it definitely. did And I'm not, I'm not anti
1: jump scare. Right.
0: It's just that I don't like jump scares constantly. <laughs>
1: yeah. So again, like I I stream the first three hours. And there was, which is a great sort of introduction because it doesn't, it teases the larger story. But you doesn't... also
0: told me there were no jump scares in Until no, Dawn, no, no. so I there feel are... like we have different <laughs> definitions of what a jump scare is.
1: <laughs> Look, there are jump scares in the first three hours of the game. There are there are a few, and but they're not like. Um, they're not like monster closet type stuff where you walk up to something and the monster goes blah you know it's more you're walking through a hallway i think the first jump scare was me walking through a hallway a very like open and clear area where there's clearly like crevices in the wall and a, and a monster sort of like ran past you know in a very creepy fashion through through the hallway right stuff.
0: like i think there was like i mean other than like kids jumping out of each uh, oh, jumping out of each other yeah. jumping out at each other <laughs> in, at the beginning of until dawn which you know when you're when you know you're playing a scary game it probably wouldn't have been scary if it was any other game but because i knew it was a scary game i was waiting for the jumps so uh but other than that i think the first real one was There was like a uh, you go into like a shed or something and then there was a guy in the window and like out of nowhere. And it freaked me out so much. And I was like, that was the point where I was like, Ryan, (laughs) God damn it. It's like, it's that's a jump scare. (laughs) When something when something suddenly changes, even if it's not blah out of the camera, that's a jump scare.
1: (laughs) There are jump scares in this game. <laughs> uh, there are also really cool puzzles. I really liked uh the light puzzle solving that would be introduced. um there was a a clip that i I put on I, I tweeted out and it was uh you were you were to make a bullet um to fire a tank to open a gate and uh you had to like mix all these chemicals. it was re- it was a really cool puzzle where they're like, oh here's how to make the bullet if you don't have the sort of if we don't have any left and you had to go get all the resources and you had to pull them together but oh this one's like a secondary resource you got to like boil it oh so
0: you mean like when you say light puzzle solving you mean like not very intense not yeah, light do. as in like photons Lights, no. <laughs> like candles and light bulbs <laughs> the,
1: yeah yes maybe both no. that's what I,
0: I, well because you said <laughs> you know light is light is a resource right yes. so i thought that that's that's what you meant but you mean also not complex <laughs>
1: yeah. I, again like i think yeah the, the the non-complex puzzle solving like it really feels rewarding when you get it it's not like portal style where it's uh, i'm racking my brain where it's,
0: that's the whole game <laughs> no
1: yeah these these puzzles are like very um very non-complex and they they give you the answer and and they very much project what you need to do again i'm trying not to use light words but i just did yeah (laughs) Um, but uh but i will also say from uh there was maybe three or four moments in the game you do have to do the amnesia thing where you have to hide from some monsters and like wait for the monster to, to pass you by and then progress further there are some tense moments like that um but you like i said you always feel you the game presents you a safe environment it's not like playing elevator music when you're in the safe area it's still very like it's still a creepy atmosphere but you do feel like okay if the game respects me it's not going to do anything (laughs) to scare me in this moment um but again like the story i can't I, i keep coming back to the story and i keep being like that's a solid You know, I I think when we played Until Dawn, I had said that was the best horror movie I've ever seen. And again, like I'd probably put Amnesia Rebirth up there with this is a really solid horror story. Not a high bar, you know, but still really solid stuff, I think.
0: Well, it sounds really interesting, and I I think maybe I'll check it out. Uh, These ones are always tough for me to know what I'm going to like and what I'm not going to like. so. I think creepy is good, but I might get my quota of creepy when we actually go ahead with our extra life stream, which is this coming Friday, October 30th at 8 PM Eastern, where we're going to be playing little hope, which I feel like little hope might even be um, like stepping it up a notch in the creepy ghost factor compared to some of the scares in man of Medan. There definitely were scares in man of Medan, but this looks much more creepy ghost and demon type focused. I I wa- I rewatched the Little Hope trailer again and I was like <laughs> I think that might be my horror game quota for the foreseeable future. <laughs> yeah, it
1: does look very creepy and um it's also higher fidelity than I think Amnesia is. So like that's the other thing where Amnesia's like the graphics are still pretty good but they're not I think they're not photorealistic that you get with, right. with Little Hope or Man of Medan. So, yeah, that right. I, I think you're right for that.
0: So, yeah, we are going to be playing Little Hope Co-op on uh, Twitch.tv slash JossPlays and Twitch.tv slash RyanMurphyCA uh, this coming Friday, again, October 30th at 8 p.m. Eastern and we are doing that in support of Extra Life. So if you would like to check out bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2020 to support the team's efforts, it would be much appreciated. Uh, we are also going to be doing our game day stream starting at 10 a.m. Eastern on November 7th on those same two Twitch channels. And uh, then we are going to, I guess, you're doing a Fire Emblem Extra Life stream on the 28th?
1: Yeah, so on the 28th, we just locked this in uh, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, twitch.tv slash Brian Murphy CA. We're going to do a a special State of the Game podcast recording uh with myself and eddie for summoner's call and uh opera nero on two lords without swords and then we're going to go into some games with the community we wanted to do like a sort of a little extra life fire emblem thing and uh yeah so we locked it in for i think it's thanksgiving long weekend for uh for the americans in the the u.s yep yeah
0: Uh, And then we also wanted to mention, because uh, speaking on the topic of spooky games, we mentioned last week when I was talking about phasmophobia that we were going to set a goal that would make both of us actually sit down and play this game. Because if you guys remember from last week, I've been mostly spectating friends. I haven't actually had to go in there and do it myself. And I also haven't played with my nice surround sound headphones on. So I feel like it's going to be a whole lot freakier when i'm behind the wheel oh no
1: (laughs) i bought headphones what am i doing we just had this
0: sabotaging yourself
1: (laughs) you did this you know it was matt's fault belanger's fault he uh he said you should buy these headphones he knew he's in on it all right great yeah surround sound at least it's at least it's uh it's emulated surround sound so i don't have to worry about it being too good great
0: (laughs) uh so yeah so we did decide that if each of us individually hits fifteen hundred dollars so a total of three thousand dollars pledged to the gamers in team uh in total fifteen hundred to me and fifteen hundred to ryan which is uh our goal plus fifty percent more (laughs) then uh we will jump in and play a a stream of phasmophobia for you guys so um yeah guys ryan ryan really doesn't want (laughs) to (laughs) play
1: and you know what i we discussed this over the last week it's not an impossible goal to hit like historically we've always uh for the last four or five years we've been
0: pretty close we've been pretty close yeah yeah because we usually hit our goal which has historically been about a thousand dollars um so we usually hit our goal and then maybe get a couple hundred more than that so this is this is just pushing us to the next level and yeah we're <laughs> gonna we're gonna see what we can do <laughs> yeah
1: this is a charity so i mean i have no problem like we like we discussed Like i said i've said i don't want to set it too crazy because like again i want it to be attainable but this is for charity 100 percent of this of donations go to our chosen children's miracle network hospital so um It's for a great cause, and uh, we're going to stream... We're we're probably going to stream Phasmophobia.
0: (laughs) Well, now at least we have a goal for you guys to work towards. So, uh, again, if you would like to... Support the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals through us for Extra Life. Go to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2020 and make Ryan play Phasmophobia. I don't know. You're playing too. (laughs) I will play too. But, you know, uh, you're the one they really want to (laughs) see.
1: Yeah. 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 That's true.
0: (laughs) Oh, guys. The shrieks.
1: The shrieks are going to be so wonderful. I don't know if I scream. (laughs) I probably just say random words loudly. Like, I've been, ever since I had kids, like, I've had to use, like, fake exclamation big
0: swear words
1: yeah like yeah anyways well i guess we'll see i'll leave i'll you know what i'll I'll make it a surprise how's that sound
0: <laughs> sounds amazing i'm really looking forward to it so before we jump into the news i realize i i skipped over a little bit of what you were playing so you wanted to talk about super smash bros
1: oh yes quickly you remember we talked quickly about uh steve from minecraft being added to super smash brothers um this was a couple of weeks ago they they did that they put minecraft into smash brothers um i play i don't you and i are on the same page when it comes to to minecraft we don't get it
0: <laughs> yeah i don't i mean i like a little bit more direction in mm. my games which is funny because i like sea of thieves but i feel like even with sea of thieves it's like you had a you know goal with reputations you had um ways to get things like treasure maps and riddles to solve like there was there was some stuff in there it was probably as close to a sandbox as a modern game can kind of get and even then they were still being you know flamed for not having anything to do um but (laughs) minecraft just actually like is a sandbox you're not (laughs) building the boat in sea of thieves right yeah you don't build the boat exactly (laughs) um
1: yeah and and i mean i've tried minecraft it's just not my thing like i'm i i understand it's a it's a great game what they've built there is phenomenal and it's a it's a it's a worldwide phenomenon but uh, it's not my deal but i think i've played more minecraft in smash brothers than i've played minecraft as i (laughs) as they play so did uh, they
0: put like a map in there too yeah, <laughs> like so a level okay there is a
1: minecraft map uh and on that map there are more of the i don't even know what they call them the the minecraft cubes uh i they're just cubes i guess and and the whole map is sort of built from um in the structure of minecraft but there are uh, mineable minecraft cubes on on the on the surface so i think when you zone in like it's random sometimes it's a winter level and there's like a snow covered tree and a little like house to the side and that's all mineable by your by your minecraft character but um the the structure of the world like the um the the base of the world like that's mineable as well but it doesn't disappear like that stays the same but other pieces that have been built on the map like a house or a tree when you mine that as your minecraft character it does go away and the reason you're mining is so that you can craft and every move that uses some form of crafting <laughs> it, it it reduces you're mining
0: so you can craft i wonder how they thought of the name of that game yeah i don't
1: uh... <laughs> yeah good one uh <laughs> that's true i never even no seriously i never even really like <laughs> thought about it <laughs> like if you think i'm being like rude or something no i'm i'm actually like mind blown um <laughs> and i'm being serious you might think i'm not being serious but i am um no but seriously in in the in the game like you're actually having to craft your your weapons uh so as steve and, and i mean I, Just like if I were to sit here and try to explain Minecraft on the show, I'm sitting here trying to explain Minecraft and Smash Brothers on the show, and I know I'm getting it wrong because it's just so hard to follow. It's so different from everything else going on in this game.
0: I was going to say, so we're talking about Super Smash Brothers, which is like, you know, the the fighter game from Nintendo, right? It's the
1: Nintendo slap fight. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So... Is this, are you mining while you're in the slap fight? Is this different levels? Like, what is what is happening right now? Do characters who aren't the miner guy have to, uh, like, mine things or... Uh, did did they add Minecraft pieces to every map so that little Steve had something to do? Like I'm so confused. <laughs> okay,
1: so the Minecraft stage has extra mineable objects like a ha- like houses built of the cubes and stuff. But every other stage, um, does require a way to mine, and um, only the Steve variant characters can mine like mario can't be picking up a pickaxe and start mining for okay
0: that's what i was super confused about i was like is this something that everyone does now or
1: no that would be atrocious uh but but (laughs)
0: stop hitting me link i'm trying to mine my bricks
1: (laughs) and you know that would happen and and honestly sometimes i feel that as i'm like trying to like i'm trying to get my diamond sword guys stop hitting me (laughs) um yeah, it's, it's so wild. So as, as Steve, you're, you are mining, you have a sort of a resource node above your character that's sort of the special um, bar above your, your character icon on the bottom of the screen, and that shows what resources you have. And there are base resources like stone and brick and, and um, wood, and those are used to do some of your special moves. So for example, your uh, right in B is a minecart And again, you can't use that minecart if you have no resources that have been mined. So some of your all of your specials require crafting, I believe. Um, you know, your down B is to is to set up a dynamite trap, and then you can hold the B button as you walk away to kind of like have a longer fuse, and then you create this little like switch. So it's very much like Minecraft as you're setting up these reactions and stuff. It is incredibly creative the way they fit Minecraft into smash brothers as a fighter and i'm i'm kind of sitting here and thinking like if if someone was a big fan of minecraft you'd think they'd look at this and, and maybe contemplate trying to get their hands on a switch to check this out because i really think they did justice to the property of minecraft It it is it is kind of wild but as you're crafting um, you're finding special resources as you're mining. Um, so you might find like a gold nugget in which you can use that to upgrade your utensils to be of the gold variety. Um, so if you if you craft a gold pickaxe, uh, you're mine faster. If you craft a gold sword, um, you can hit people harder. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you can choose whether where your resources go, but I think it prioritizes um, I've, I feel like I've been I, I would mine a lot and then my like my pickaxe would break. So it would prioritize what you're missing. Um, I've seen it prioritize, you know, a stronger weapon or replacing my pickaxe. It's you know, if you don't have a pickaxe, you mine incredibly slow because you're using your your hands. So it, <laughs> it 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 very much mirrors the game uh, in that way where you are trying to craft stronger utensils, stronger weapons to defend yourself. Um, but being a four-player Smash game, it can get pretty hectic as you're like trying to mine.
0: I was gonna say, like, as you're talking about all of this, I haven't played too much Smash, but I've played enough to know it's hard to keep track of yeah. like normally, <laughs> let alone if I was trying to manage multiple like resource bars and like craft things while <laughs> you know people are hitting me and bombing me with stuff and yeah.
1: And I think that's where the novelty does kind of wear out because like this is a fun character to experiment and play with however i don't think it's viable from a from a from a even maybe i don't know about a pro scene i can't speak to that but from a from a casual i'm gonna play smash with my friends unless you're goofing around you're you're probably not picking steve like there are other characters <laughs> <Poor> steve <laughs> i know steve alex creeper um what other? you can play as the zombie you can play as Endo Man, whoever that is. It's like the, it's like a Slender Man, I think, kind of. But um yeah, like I, I don't personally think I would pick Steve outside of just, yeah, we're having some fun. But if I'm playing like Serious Smash, you know, 1v1 or, or a four player match that is, that is um for fun, but still like there's a little, little more stakes involved, like bragging rights, I'm going to pick my Obviously. favorite character, right? <laughs> um, if I just want to have fun, I'm, I might go in there as Steve and be like, look, I'm the Minecraft character. Uh, And again, like the value that you're getting here where you're buying, I think, six fighters for $37, like that's a steal when you break it down, like you're, you're getting a new stage, a bunch of music and a fighter with eight variants, like eight uh, different looks like that's, that's an insane value. You're spending maybe six bucks a fighter. That's pretty good. I mean, if you compare it to the base game, like, yeah, it's not very great, but these are brand new creations. and, And I think from a value perspective like this is a lot of work went into this and it's worth every penny if you are a smash fan and you just want something new to play around with like this is this isn't just um another fighter that we've long waited for this is a unique creation in this game and i mean for a franchise that had been around since the n64 it's kind of crazy to think like they've done it they've done something completely different And I don't know how they follow up this Smash game. I don't think there is another Smash game after this. Like, I think this one just becomes the de facto Smash version, and they just keep kind of re-releasing the same one. Like, how do you how do you make a sequel (laughs) to the game that had
0: Minecraft? (laughs) Like how
1: how do you top that? I I don't know how you how you even think to create a sequel to a game where one of your DLC packs was was a Minecraft character. I I don't I I don't know. I don't know what they do. I I don't envy them. Honestly, It's, it's a tough. Tough call, but yeah, this is yeah. That's uh it's a, it's an amazing addition And if you have the volume two fighter pass, you you definitely check this out for sure.
0: Well, I don't play Smash, but no. that sounds like they've done interesting things anyways, which is pretty cool. Uh so if you do want to support the show, you guys can go to patreon.com slash the gamers in. Uh that's gonna bring us to the news portion of the show. We got our first look at Nathan Drake. And Tom Holland looks rugged <laughs> <laughs> like he's just he's he's not your everyday normal Spider-Man <laughs> yeah I
1: think I think what initially shocks here is that in the Marvel franchise like in Spider-Man they he plays young he looks young and I think they, yeah. they play that up but still,
0: he still kind of looks young you're right I think they play it up a lot more in Avengers and he still kind of looks young but he's just like—I don't know—he's—he's he's surprisingly grizzled. Yes, <laughs> like he's yeah. like he's somehow like sixteen, but he's seen some shit. Look, <laughs> like, and I don't know how they did that. Well, <laughs> the
1: thing is, the—I know where, he's not
0: supposed to be sixteen, but he—he still—he plays on the young side. <laughs>
1: I, yeah, I'd say he looks like low twenties or or high yeah, teens. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I think. When which i you... don't know if
0: that's what they're aiming for how old is nathan drake like i thought he was older because he, he's got he like, a older. wife and stuff
1: yeah this is so the timeline where this takes place is this is separate from the games but it's borrowing heavily from some of the flashbacks we see in uncharted 3 and 4 where uh nathan drake he he's been doing this for quite a while and he, where he actually started doing the the nathan drakey stuff was when he was uh (laughs) sort of around this age um so he is you know an orphan he's um sort of brought under the wing by sully so sully's in this picture as well he's played by mark Wahlberg, so that'll be interesting to see what he looks like um but i i think this this is to me it's weird he i think he looks great as a as a nathan drake fan um an uncharted fan he kind of looks like like nathan drake from uncharted but younger and it's weird like it's almost like he grew up wearing the same outfit that's the weirdest part to me And I,
0: they did, he didn't change his clothes no he's, he's wearing got the iconic video game stuff when he's like 10 years younger yeah he's got
1: the like sort of long sleeve you know button shirt and he's got the cargo pants and the did the, you the feel the same
0: way about Lara croft because i mean they did the same thing with her right but
1: did they like did they do a
0: 20 year old i guess they did yeah i guess they
1: did um yeah
0: she's super young
1: but they still changed her. Like, this is the thing. Like, they gave her a different outfit. She was more... She was like, well, I don't know.
0: Oh, I guess it... Well, I guess it was Angelina Jolie that they put in the blue tank top, right?
1: Yeah. I feel like they still had different... This is the exact same outfit. Jaws like He's dressed as Nathan <laughs> Drake. Like, this look Again, I, I think it it's looks It's gotta great.
0: be a fine line, right?
1: Yeah. Of, so, like, trying
0: to be true to the video game, but tell a new story, but still get those, like... Easter egg fan points.
1: Yeah, because he's got the he's got the ring on and, and the ring on the string is is sort of that he Drake always had that in the games when he was younger or older. I just um, because this is separate from the games, it it's fine. Like if this was, you know, within the game sort of lore and he just happened to always dress this way. He's like the Steve Jobs of adventures. He's got the, <laughs> you know, he's got the uniform like I've got my uniform. Uh, so that's not. How steep, I don't think, anyways. Um, but I think it's just, uh, I'm looking forward to this movie. I think when I saw this, it's like the set design that you see in the background looks phenomenal. It definitely looks like a broken down, you know, broken mansion or broken boat. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think Tom Holland's going to nail it. I, he is a fantastic actor. I've not seen him in much outside of Spider Man, but if he can nail Spider Man and make everyone happy with his sort of with portrayal, his portrayal yeah. yeah, I think he'll do fine.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm in the same boat as you. Like I I really didn't um experience any of his work outside of Avengers. Like that's where I knew him from was his Spider-Man role and I think he did a really good job of being uh endearing and young but still tough, I guess. Like and still very likable and and believable. So, I mean, I think he did a great job in those movies and I mean, I'm down to see him give this a try. Um, he, if nothing else, seems very excited and passionate about just being an actor and the kind of roles that he's getting. So, I mean, I'm sure he's going to bring that same enthusiasm to this, and, and I'm excited to see it. I think we're at the point now where we're starting to, to make some pretty good video game movies, so I'm excited to see this. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be good.
1: Oh, man, it's supposed to come out in March. Like,
0: but are we actually gonna get uh, i mean i guess they're kind of back to back to filming schedules uh i just got so burned by fast and the furious i mean they were ahead of the curve fast and the furious was like we're supposed to release at the end of march and it's gonna now be 2021 like they just (laughs) went all in on the no one's doing anything for 2020 thing um movies
1: (laughs) are weird I, i think um It's these type of films that they are happy to sit on it for an additional year, then throw it to the, to the, I mean, if tenant can't do it, I I think I've had this conversation a couple of times, like if tenant can't do it, then, then no other big, big picture can. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's literally not safe and it's not safe enough to make the kind of money they need to make. Right. So it's, yeah, makes more sense for them to hold on to it. But I I think the fact that, you know, these photos kind of came out from a set visit, um, it's it's a they finished filming so a lot of this is part of the publicity of the film but Nolan North was right. on set he speaks very highly to what he saw um the guys from naughty dog were there and they were tweeting how much they were excited and again they have an interest and a lot of people might obviously
0: you know, they want it to do well yeah <laughs> yeah
1: but but i mean you know not everyone is trying to trick you into buying a movie ticket i think we can sit here and and we can we can be excited by people being excited for, for their property being turned into a film with Tom Holland in it. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm cautiously optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: we also had a stadia dev, uh, kind of going off on Twitter this past week, talking about how streamers, like it was basically around all the DMCA claims that were going out because Twitch has now said, basically, um, just, we are deleting your content. Like if you get DMCA'd, it's gone. Um, They said essentially, and again, I'm paraphrasing a a press release thing that went out uh, from Twitch, but basically they're saying we're just erring on the side of caution. And if you get DMCA'd, then we're just getting rid of your stuff as opposed to like YouTube that has a whole system and still not great youtube system's really bad but somehow the twitch system is worse (laughs) so uh everyone was talking about this whole dmca thing and then a stadia dev just went off on twitter and was like well yeah they shouldn't be allowed to play music and also streamers should pay publishers for the games that they broadcast and like not in a like don't give free copies of games to streamers kind of way but in a like, streamers should pay royalties to game companies in addition to the cost of the game because they're they have the privilege of creating their content around the game, and uh, that didn't go over well. <laughs>
1: no, no it, um, it it's wild. Like I, I think uh, when you when you work for a company, when you work for any company as high profile as Google, it, it just seems weird to to say stuff like like this well, when... especially
0: it's not just that he works for google yeah. it's that he works for stadia yeah. <laughs> like the the gaming part of google
1: <laughs> yeah I, I, again yeah you're absolutely right and i think uh i mean what he's saying is like it's It's clearly it's his opinion. Even Google came out and said, like, yeah, we don't agree with we don't
0: agree. Yeah, (laughs) that is
1: definitely his take. And I mean, he's he's allowed to 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 give his take, whether it's. it's Well, yeah, and most people
0: have in their Twitter bio, like doesn't reflect the opinions of my employer or whatever disclaimer here. But still, when you've got somebody who's a decision maker in the gaming part of Google and he he holds these views, you've got to think that that's influencing some of their decision making and i mean yeah. on top of that stadia is also a streaming platform right so it just feels all kinds of like loaded or like weighted do you know what i mean
1: yeah like you're, it's not just right. he's
0: not just some random dude
1: no he's definitely not a random guy like he he works for a company that would probably really like to see uh something like this happen and i think it's it comes from less the developers we've seen a lot of initiatives uh in the last not for the last five years because i think companies have kind of realized the potential of streaming and have decided to work more closely with streamers as opposed to kind of giving them a, a laundry list of rules um Nintendo's one that had their own program and eventually just scrapped it and been like okay we're gonna go with the way everybody else is is doing things but one that comes to mind was i remember when persona 5 originally came out um, there was a lot of rules from Atlas about yeah, how Yeah, they were things. like
0: they weren't allowed to stream the end or something.
1: Yeah, the end was one and they were saying like if you stream for more than a certain amount of hours they'll you know they'll go after they'll go after your content there was like a a huge list and and it was gated i think it was like okay two months after release you can stream past this point and it was a it wasn't a rule set just for streamers it was a rule set for all gamers who just happened to hit that share button on the playstation and even yeah. to that point they they crippled the game um because on the PlayStation, if you hit the share button and you're not streaming through a capture card, the developers have a way to basically state scenes that get blocked out. So they blocked out every cutscene, right. every dialogue moment. Like it was really it went far in a direction that a lot of developers haven't really gone. Um but I mean, Twitch is just so like streamers are just so great for all kinds of games, like for discoverability well, yeah, and I stuff. Mean-
0: exactly we just talked about one uh not too long ago I, I feel like it was three or four episodes ago now we talked about among us it was a game that came out in 2018 and i'm still not 100 percent sure exactly who uh discovered it or if they paid big streamers or whatever if it just organically grew but one way or another all of a sudden you had all of these streamers going oh hey this is a really cool game we've played these on tabletop before but One of the big problems with earlier iterations from other companies like Throne of Lies, it's really complicated to get into and there's nothing to do after you die. Whereas in Among Us, it's like if you get killed really early on, you still have things to do. You can still float around the ship. You can follow people. You can commentate. You can do your tasks. Like there's things and ways to participate in the game after you die. And people really gravitated to that because they were like, oh, we really like Mafia. We really like all these board games and everything else. And this is so fun and accessible. And it's got a cute animation style. It's really colorful. Like, And it played really well on Twitch. And then all of a sudden... The developer had to add extra servers, had to add more letters to their game codes because they didn't have enough lobbies available. Like they had to add all of this stuff and they had to cancel their sequel because they were working on a sequel. And then they were like, oh, wow, Um, Among Us 1 just blew up. So uh, (laughs) we're going to cancel our sequel and just focus on like fixing this instead of making a new one. Now that y'all own it, like let's just go and play and support this. So like that was driven by streamers and i don't understand why like how somebody can say oh no they owe us when it's like but the number of eyeballs they're putting on your product that wouldn't find it otherwise like i said my steam is telling me to play 800 different horror games right now if it's not a horror game steam isn't showing it to me so think of all the things that I'm missing out on because steam's algorithm thinks that all I love to do is horror games when all I love is dead by daylight. So like if I'm searching on Twitch, that's how I'm going to find stuff right now because my steam algorithm is so broken.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it is So like streamer.
0: Uh, yeah. My point is streamers are just invaluable. I think to developers and this, guy seems to kind of have that relationship the wrong way around in my opinion again he's got his opinion i've got mine he's entitled to his totally wrong opinion it's all good
1: yeah Uh, i i wonder you know i kind of think of it logically in that if streaming was really hurting the bottom line to a point where you had to come up with some licensing that for the developers to recoup those losses because i mean you look at the music industry and that's you know That's kind of what happened in that they didn't they didn't adapt fast enough and then they had to you know play catch up. I don't think that's the same here with video games because I think when you look at streamers, I I think more people are buying games because they're getting that um, they're not getting a, a curated trailer. They're getting what the interaction might be when they play the games themselves. I really think there's that missing piece when you watch someone on Twitch in that it's not the exact same as playing it. You know, look at Phasmophobia. Not, yeah. You know, for example, where you have been watching people play it and you're sitting there and you you're, you're kind of you you're experiencing it but not in the way that you now want to go and experience it when we hit that extra life goal in that you're going to actually play it and and experience it for yourself. There is that core difference that can't be captured through traditional Twitch streaming right now. The only way you can catch that through streaming is if you were to use I don't know, a service called Google Stadia that allows you to stream and interact with the game uh, in a way. So you'd think that, you know, this guy at Stadia would be all for, you know, pushing streaming. Like the idea, original idea of Stadia was you watch a YouTube stream, you hit the, I want to play that, activate my subscription on Stadia, buy the game, and a quick credit card entry in later, and you're done. You're playing the game and you're streaming it. And it's all thanks to someone Streaming the game. So Who it's, made
0: the content in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. It's so just like their wild. core business model should have been or was originally intended to be driven by content. And it, now it this is. guy's coming out saying, Boo content, like you should be paying us. Like no wonder you're failing, Stadia. Like, yeah. no wonder.
1: <laughs> I, I think it is Stadia's business model to that is what they that is what they do. And that is what they have in terms of they want you to be able to jump. And Amazon's doing the exact same thing with Twitch. Like they're using Twitch or they will use Twitch oh, to drive 100%. people to Luna. And I think that is they've they've noticed that, it, like the music industry. They're playing catch up and that they're missing that other piece that makes it so much easier for the consumer to take advantage of, of, uh, of the streaming market. So, you know, they, they are about what, 10, eight years behind at best from like having that other, that next stage. Like it's, it's going to be interesting once all these companies get going with, uh, with these streaming services, like Twitch will have a tool now. And Google obviously still already has one, although, poorly marketed and or represented (laughs) so (laughs) i don't know it's the next five years are going to be really interesting with this stuff only in good ways though i think like uh, this guy's opinion that's i don't think it's the majority i think it's him
0: (laughs) yeah And speaking of cloud gaming services, someone else is throwing their hat in the ring, which is uh, kind of, I think, to be expected at this point. But Facebook has decided that they also are going to do cloud gaming. And I don't know about you, Ryan, but I'm not touching this with a 10 foot pole.
1: Yeah, I don't you know, I don't even know if this is for us, like the way they kind of explain it is it sounds to me, it's very much a here's a way for you to play, you know, latency tolerant, like very, you know, free to play games sort of, maybe it's an answer to what Facebook gaming was before Oculus. It was just like Farmville and stuff. So
0: yeah. Oh my God. Farmville oh.
1: <laughs> just shut down actually, you know, rip Farmville, oh. but, uh, <laughs> not to bring up a sore point with people, but uh, yeah, no, I just think that this is uh, another no brainer. In, in you know facebook to do this makes a lot of sense uh they they do straight up say like we're not we're not directly competing with the stadias and and the and the lunas of the world we're really just offering another way for well basically they're replacing flash in my mind you know they're they're gonna have free to play facebook games that are that are streamed as opposed to installed yeah so yeah yeah
0: makes sense still still not going to play games on facebook no i don't recommend uh, at least you know my my aunt will probably send me an invite today to go play games with her on facebook and then i'll ignore her uh (laughs) (laughs) a couple more quick pieces of news we've got for you guys this week as well assassin's creed has a live action netflix netflix series that has uh been confirmed to be in development so that's exciting after seeing what they did with the witcher thumbs up man yeah, I really like the Assassin's Creed universe. I hope that they do more to kind of like tie it to the modern world, like in the first few games, like the the ties to the modern world have have gone, have been like pushed further and further into the background in favor of just kind of exploring this line of assassins and their relationship to the other factions in the world over time. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like the modern tie-in. I hope they do more of that.
1: Yeah, I think this is, uh, it, it's interesting when you look at the Witcher, obviously a very rich lore that they can pull from to make a series with very deep, um, connections and, and sort of Easter eggs. And then you look at Assassin's Creed and again, it's a, it's a very rich lore based, uh, franchise that, that borrows heavily from history. So you can have some fun there too, and Netflix picking this one up and, and actually working very close with Ubisoft on other projects as well. Um, it sounds like this is going to be a big partnership. And I know Ubisoft has been trying to, to get some film stuff off the ground for so, so long. And the fact that they're partnering with Netflix is, is really awesome because, uh, like you said, that Witcher series really proved it to me that if given the right budget and given the right, you know, development behind it, I think this Assassin's Creed live action series is their sort of next entry into a true video game adaptation. The Witcher was based on the books, right? But we still right. kind of we still try to like hold on to it. Well, as we love them but...
0: together, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. we we want to own it because it was really good and it was really interesting, and we love the games. So we are well aware that it's all based on books but um yeah it's also based on a game guys because yeah. there's a game so just let us have this it's good <laughs> video game content on tv and movies it hasn't always been like this
1: <laughs> no it hasn't and uh i think that with assassin's creed i i if if Witcher didn't exist, I'd be really sort of nervous. But because The Witcher exists, I think Netflix has the has the chops. Although I don't know, um, they're also working on a live action Resident Evil series, and the sort of description behind it sounds terrible. It's like supposed to be. Uh, so again, there are these. There- like Netflix isn't a do all good type thing. I think with Assassin's Creed, it sounds like they're doing the right thing and partnering with Ubisoft and stuff. But this Resident Evil series is supposed to be like Wesker's kids, which Wesker is the bad guy in Resident Evil. So it's like, what are you even doing? <laughs> Just tell the game story. I don't. Is it too hard to tell the game story or something similar to the game story? Why do we have to follow kids around? No, kids have never been. Good good <laughs> in in this type of scenario, right? I don't know. it's just we'll see obviously, but uh, yeah, yeah, exciting, exciting stuff, i guess <laughs> uh
0: and then finally tonight, something that broke uh earlier on today cyberpunk twenty seventy seven has been delayed again twenty one days into december, uh so it is now going to be coming out December tenth it was uh originally well originally delayed <laughs> to uh November, November from its other delay, which was to September from its original release date back in April. Uh, they promised we're going to get it eventually, but, um, yeah. yeah, they're still basically working on the day one patch. Um, so a lot of people were complaining because I guess, um, cyberpunk 2077 went gold, which means they printed the discs quite a while ago, but um basically ever since then they've been working on the day one patch which is all the changes that they're going to make to the game after that disc is actually printed and uh yeah sounds like they still have a lot of work to do
1: yeah and i mean there are some there are a lot of reports out there that obviously the delay isn't necessarily going to mean more time quote unquote for the developers they're they are still probably going to be in a crunch mode working the six day weeks which we've covered in the past and um yeah, it just, it sounds like they are going to, I just wonder, could they look at this game and be like, let's push it to February, and this way we can take <laughs> our time to get it done, as opposed to being, well, if we crunch for six more weeks, we can get it done. Oh, we can't? Well, then we'll crunch for another six weeks after Three that. Three
0: weeks on top of that, yeah. It's
1: it's just, it's really, it's going to be interesting to, not interesting, but it's going to be pretty sad to read the the human cost that, that, that is going to come from this game you know like yeah it's yeah just and it's be gonna tough.
0: be interesting to see how it's finally um received when it's released right because that's gonna be really telling after all of these delays and stuff it's it's gonna be interesting if they get then bad reviews and people don't like it it's like well man maybe we should have just gone the mass effect andromeda route and just release something that was broken and not ready and not fully fleshed out because we took the extra time and still nobody liked it so you know yeah. I, I think that uh this is definitely something to keep an eye on and uh to see how it actually plays out because uh this could be a really bad situation i think
1: yeah i mean they speak specifically to the fact of um the SKUs that they had to launch with basically duplicating you know in terms of having to target yeah, it's, ps5 it's- and
0: Seven different, is it seven or nine different platforms? Yeah, because they include all of the new consoles.
1: Yeah, Stadia because they, they included
0: Stadia separate from PC. Yeah, um, which makes me think that there's some uh, development changes that they have to make there because again, it's it's a streaming thing, right? So that code maybe can't be exactly the same.
1: Mm-hmm. So the nine versions they include the variations of the Xbox One X, or the Xbox One the X. The Series S and X, the PS4 Pro, PS4, PS5, PC, and Stadia. So um, a, a good gambit. And, and again, like if they were launching in September, they at least have that, they had that split at that time where no one was going to be able to play this on four of the nine options or no, sorry, right. three of the nine options. Three, yeah. And that makes a world of difference when you're, when you're testing such a large game. So I kind of see it, but um, yeah, like y- you can't, like even if they had the ps4 and the xbox one and pc ones done it, it would be not good business decision to basically say like okay we're launching it on november 19th but you won't be able to play it on your brand new box that you bought a week ago for yeah. 800 dollars. like this is a smart decision i just a lot of people uh, are worried that okay so are you pushing your developers like it, through crunch for another six weeks or three weeks in this manner like that's not necessarily good like are you going to be able to put the game out in december 10th and then have your team actually take a proper you know like break? christmas
0: like yeah let's have four weeks paid off at christmas yeah <laughs> like, like that's what you owe these people now <laughs> we
1: need to see i think we need to see those stories as as i think yeah. crunch is more mainstream now i remember when red dead redemption 2 launched there was a lot of talk leading up to that about crunch And i think that was sort of the the flood you know gate breaking and that it became mainstream to talk about that stuff to even talk it's about been a it yeah. problem for so long so i really hope that when i really hope we can we can discuss it not just you know journalists but also just gamers as well and acknowledge that like maybe three week delay is is you know n- is not enough you know so we'll see yeah. we'll see
0: yeah we'll have to keep following this as it develops um in the coming weeks and obviously we'll let you know what we think of Cyberpunk 2077 when it comes out this year, next year, 2022, who knows. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we'll we'll let you guys know what we think. Um but that's going to do it for us this week. If you'd like to go join the conversation, you can do so in our Discord channel at bitly/tgi discord. You can also visit us on the web at gamersandpodcast.com or follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joc Plays. Ryan is at R. Murphy, and don't forget to follow the show at the Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at the Gamers Inn and remember, tune in next week. Bye everybody.
1: Bye everyone.